0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome. We have been joined and praised. This is an awesome day as we give praise and thanks to our father, Filoni. Yes, in the name of the father, the son, and the holy force ghost, like I have explained. I'm, I'm going well into this bit, dude. What's going on, everybody? Hello, meme planner. Anyways, dude, yes, it's a freaking, it's a freaking good day. You know why it's a good day? Because David Filoni is now the creative director. Let me pull, let me pull my fucking camera up there we go that's much better i'm uh, i'm going ig live as well with this um yes dude let's talk about freaking dave filoni being the new head of star wars well, not the head but creative director of star wars which essentially means that he will now take control creatively of all projects related to star wars which That alone, dude, is, that's a freaking godsend. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you to whoever, whoever made that, dude. Let's just give praise and thanks. Seriously. You figured at one point or another that we were going to get Filoni on on a bigger role, right, coming into Star Wars. You had a feeling of it just because after Disney acquired Lucasfilm, you had these, of rumblings going on, you had this big, big problem with Kathleen Kennedy, and ultimately what she was doing to the franchise, after a while, you had to start looking at, like, okay, we have to start looking internally. What what can we do to kind of bring Star Wars back, right? Because that ship started to kind of come down, I think, after Solo, right? I think that's when the fans really started to notice a, hey, man, why is it that every single director that's a part of this franchise always just goes away. Or why are they always fired? Um, you there was a huge problem with the Last Jedi, where fans really did not like that, and then you had episode nine, which I me mean, personally I didn't like, and I think the fans themselves were just like, eh, at least it's not the last Jedi Which meant that you had to start looking at a situation where you had to bring in somebody who knew their stuff, and fairly quickly, I think. I think the thing that kinda messes it up though, is the fact that You know, most of the big wigs, at least in, like, uh, when you start thinking of, like, a Kevin Feige-esque, there really is no other person like that other than Kevin Feige, right? Zack Snyder kind of gave it a run, and we'll, you know, we'll we'll give him a, a a little W for that, but there was no one, really, that could come in and just fix what was going on, and I think... I think that was a, a huge problem, not only just because it's like, you know, we really need somebody to come and fix this, but too, there's a future here, right? Where you go, boy, if this is what ends up happening too many times, people are just going to leave, right? There's only so many times that the word Star Wars is going to bring people in before eventually they just realize, you know what? This is Disney Star Wars. This isn't George Lucas Star Wars. And boy, did Dave Filoni really hit it out of the park with the Clone Wars. Dude, I think the Clone Wars, without a doubt, I think anything Star Wars related, I think that's the thing that really gets the idea of, hey man, these people are fans, and sure they want nostalgia and they want that kind of stuff sprinkled into this series, but at the same time, there needs to be a story that needs to be told here, right? We need to bridge the gap between episode three and episode four. We need to, or at least episode two and episode three, right? You need the Clone Wars. You need to show, like, how visceral and just how tedious this freaking war was I think the Clone Wars does that in a, in a one in a really like adventurous kind of way where you show like Anakin and Obi-Wan and you show all these kind of minor characters that didn't get a crazy amount of roles in like the movies people like Kit Fisto and, and uh and Kiara Mundi that you really got to show off their Jedi prowess uh, we got a lot more of General Grievous and that story really picks up in a good way And also finishes off in a good way. I think after Season 7, and now that we're getting into Bad Batch, really showing just like, dude, this war was, there was a lot of strings attached to this thing. And there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of secrets that were going on behind just the fact that Palpatine was just trying to move himself up through rankings. And I think that is brilliant. It's freaking brilliant. And Dave Filoni does a really good job with that. I think the thing that was kind of holding him back was the fact that he really just wanted to work on one kind of minor thing. Thank you guys. Like I said, I got the IG live going. One one minor thing meaning that he wanted to work on just the Clone Wars. And look at the Clone Wars and you go, okay, I just really want to put myself in a box here. And then he started to kind of spread that out as he was like, you know what? Sure, I could help out with the Mandalorian. That you know, it's it's almost like Filoni really just wanted to work on stuff that was in between the movies. He really wanted to bridge a gap, paint a picture. Show you what was going on, uh, timeline-wise, that was happening either before or after the main movies, just to kind of build up that world. You know, that's the beauty of what Star Wars is—is is that you could explore as much as you want, you could add as much as you want, take out as much as you want. And really, I notice only Filoni is the one who really appreciates that. You don't get a lot of guys who do that. A lot of times, it's like it's too easy to rely on the nostalgia of just those old school movies where you just bring in Han and Leia and Luke and you go, cool, here's the OG trilogy, yay, everything. It's like, no, you, you want to tell something. I think The Mandalorian does that really, really well because now we're starting to get into after episode six, which that's the stuff where you go, that world is anything. You've, you know, Disney came in immediately wiped the slate clean of all the canon stuff and said, we're going to start over. And I think him being involved in that and kind of, you know, slowly bringing it in, not this like complete influx of everything that I think the EU kind of was after a while, where it just like, it got way too crazy, way too quickly. It's like they're taking this in little bite-sized pieces where they're showing you, you know, exactly what's going on here. You know, okay, here's what's happening with the Republic. It's now the New Republic. Here's the Mandalorians. Here's... Here's what's going on with them. Here's the Empire showing you that, you know, even after it's been completely destroyed, it was so big that you could actually, it, it actually had an opportunity to get back on track. I think all that stuff is freaking brilliant. So to have him come in creatively, to come in and look, oversee everything. Now, mind you, a lot of people I see, you know, they say creative director, they immediately think, oh, he runs Star Wars. Now, he does not. Kathleen Kennedy is still very much the head honcho involved. The beauty of it, though, is that she runs with an iron fist, uh, but creatively, she does not pick and choose any of that stuff anymore. She has no, she has no say in any of that stuff. I would, I would think, right? I, w- I would imagine she'd come in and go, okay, you know, we need a certain thing by a certain time. Um, sure, stuff like that, right? Deadlines, things of like that situation. But Filoni comes in and he immediately brings in his creative juices, right? where I'm already starting to notice things like they're getting rid of the Rangers of the New Republic, right? where you look and go, okay, you know what, maybe, maybe we don't really have anything for this, you know, especially if Gina Carano's gone, because maybe she was the one who was supposed to overlook the whole thing. Um, they completely scrapped that. I'm looking at like the other stuff that is already on the slate to come out, and I go, dude, imagine Filoni sitting there and kind of just giving us two cents on, on situations like that. One something like Ahsoka, which I wonder how Ahsoka is gonna start playing into these other shows, or if these shows are gonna kind of be like the Marvel shows, where they're just—it's a really good way to tell a story for one particular character. That you know, necessarily you can't really necessarily make a movie out of it. Somebody like Ahsoka, which I beg to differ—I think you can make a movie about Ahsoka. I just you know, why would you? Right? That that character was such a a fan favorite in the cartoon that you know she's not as well regarded um, among the fandom where you go okay cool let's meet on the middle ground here will we just give her a show and I think that's even better because now you could do a long form now you could do stuff like nine ten episodes of her training as a Jedi maybe interacting with Luke maybe doing something along the lines of trying to find Thrawn like she was trying to in, in the Mandalorian I think that stuff would be really really interesting um, even stuff like Acolytes, which I don't even 100% know about that, or something along the lines of maybe the Boba Fett series. Like, imagine Dave Filoni making a show that's just completely based on Boba Fett, taking over this underworld, this scum, and like how chaotic it must be right now, considering that like, the, the galaxy sure is liberated, but you had to, to think the Empire just a little bit. Like, even though they ruled with an iron fist, they at least ruled. You know, now that tattooing is completely just in shambles and God knows what's going on there. Like, all type of criminal activity is probably going on there. And to have Boba Fett at the head of it and have Dave Filoni doing that, like, we could potentially get into some really dark Boba Fett stuff. And we got just a little bit of that with The Mandalorian when Robert Rodriguez came in and directed a, an episode and you saw how, like, how amazing that freaking was. Dude, like, I'm, I'm freaking, I'm freaking juiced, man. The other thing, too, I think about with Dave Filoni is you have to look at potentially if he could draw people back in. Um, you don't see a lot of people that complain about Filoni. I see a lot more praise about him. George Lucas has more than enough times said that he freaking loves Filoni. And I think... At this point, especially at this point, now that Lucas has kind of gotten back in the good graces of fans just because they've seen just how awful Star Wars can be without uh, without him, I mean, you, you think, okay, it's bad with him, right, when he's older, but God, man, those the sequel trilogy did not pan out very well. So to bring him back in, you have to wonder if maybe having Filoni back in, if that could potentially bring back some people like maybe John Boyega, maybe Daisy Ridley. Maybe Oscar Isaac, where they come in and go, you know what? At least, mm, at least it seems like they're doing something right with uh, having Filoni on board. Maybe I, I would want to come back and do something. I think that'd be really interesting. I mean, it could be. It could very much happen. Um. I I I don't one hundred percent know that though, so I'm just kind of putting it out there. I I think it could be right because I think having Filoni also coming in as well, clearly he must already have an idea for where he wants these movies to go because here's the thing about different that's different from star wars to like marvel marvel kind of takes their stuff and kind of splits it into these phases and then you get like you you know you kind of break it up and then you give yourself a little bit of a break because then you you kind of know where you want to go because it's a second phase here we don't really have a second phase you know this is the first time that star wars has been way bigger or at least treated like a franchise since since the prequels. And even then, the idea was that, look, I only got three more movies ahead of you, ahead of us coming in. You know, there's, there's not much more that you need. You, you kind of know where it's going to end. Here, we don't know where it's going to end. So we have a lot of shows coming. Maybe a potential for an episode 10, 11, and 12, even though I think that is would be probably the worst thing ever. Um, having all these shows, I mean, having the Obi-Wan show, think of think about Filoni helming that having him work with Ewan McGregor and, and kind of working on this bigger budget, kind of giving Obi-Wan a much bigger development, changing his character from this Jedi who is very charming and, and witty, the negotiator, as I like to call to just this Jedi in, in the sand who just, he has to lay low and, and maybe one day he'll come up to Luke and be like, Luke, let me train you to be a Jedi. Yay. Something along those lines, right? I think that's really interesting to have him there, and I wonder—I wonder, I wonder too—if maybe, maybe that was the idea this whole time. I mean, I know that they like—they announced it about, I guess, like a week ago that they, they had to put this out there. Um, but I wonder if, he, like, as soon as they announced that slate, they said we are gonna have Filoni come on it. Maybe it was some weird negotiating thing. Maybe it was some weird, you know he need more money or he's like you know what I, need, I absolutely need 100% creative control in this could be anything but I, I have a weird feeling that maybe Filoni was always going to be on board and they kind of finally finalized everything and just announced it I think it'd be really cool the, the other thing I also really want to talk about too is not just the people he could bring in but the people that he'll bring up maybe eternally now I, I don't know if Filoni is that type of person like a um like a George Lucas or Steven Spielberg who, like, he's able to hype somebody up enough to bring them up, right? You think of, like, Spielberg, the way he brought up Abrams and Michael Bay. Or the way, like, you know, somebody like Scorsese kind of brings up somebody like Todd Phillips. Just something along those lines, right? I wonder if Filoni has enough power in him to do that, right? There, there's some, some guy out there creatively who's really, really good who hasn't gotten that chance yet because... You know, ultimately, he's not a name yet. And then, you know, Filoni comes in, brings him up, and then you're like, dude, you know, freaking Sam Jones. I'm just gonna throw a name out there. Sam Jones is the freaking amazingest, you know. Oh, my God, I can't believe Filoni brought him up. You know, I wonder if that could happen, too, right? And then we start getting these really good movies from people eternally because, you know, they got the opportunity. I think that'd be great. There, I mean, there's so much, there's so much to freaking talk about, too, with, with Filoni. Um, I wonder, too... I wonder how much more uh, involvement Favreau will have, too, with, uh, with Star Wars. Now, I understand he, you know, he's much more of a, a director than I think he would trying to come in and, and trying to helm another franchise. You know, Favreau hasn't always been that kind of person. He, sure, he did you know, Iron Man 1 and 2. Uh, obviously, like, a third one was just wasn't going to work for him. Uh, but you have to look, too, it's like they work together really well. And when you work really well with anybody... When you're able to build up enough chemistry, it really doesn't matter because you just know you want to work with that person. I'm, you know, I, I'm sure that Filoni and Favreau had a great working relationship together on the on the Mandalorian, right? Those two look like they work really well together. They both clearly love Star Wars, which that uh, that is the thing that really, out of everything, is the thing that hooks me the most. Is the fact that we have a fan running our franchise. That that is by far the best thing we could have is just somebody who clearly has always wanted to, to helm a movie or a show and just loves his franchise enough that he's willing to work on it and he has a really good idea more than anything love that but Filoni um, but if maybe Filoni brings on Favreau to some other stuff because like, like I said if you work really well with somebody they're going to want to come back and work with you again right? regardless of what you're working on you know I, I can imagine Favreau is like yeah sure you know I could always do more Star Wars stuff. That stuff was fun. And not to mention, too, having George Lucas kind of coming in, and he's also been given some creative control as well, where he kind of comes in, he's been writing. It turns out he actually wrote an episode of this new Andor series that's been coming out. Like, I'm really juiced for that. Not only just because it's like, you know, you have Filoni working with Lucas, but Lucas has now found a a role among himself where he could kind of just come in and pick and choose when he wants to put in some creative input. That's the stuff that I really enjoy. It's like, Lucas doesn't have to come in and direct a movie, even three movies. All he has to do is just come in and go, cool, okay, you guys are working on a TV show. You know, let me look at it. Let me kind of throw my two cents in there. I think that's freaking amazing because he, he, when you get to pick and choose stuff, you're much more willing to, to do a better job at it, right? Because it's like, cool, I just want to do this. a backup and then I'll come back in when I want to do something else, right? And then, of course, too, having Filoni on there as well, it's like... When George was at the helm of the prequels, I think a lot of people there were like, they were too afraid to look at George and go, dude, this freaking sucks, right? There's something really wrong about these movies. Um, They weren't willing to tell him that. Or maybe they did and he just, the illusions of Grandor just completely got to George and he just put out the movie he wanted to no matter what. Um, I think here having Filoni in charge, it's like he gets to look at... You know what George is gonna give him and go. You know what, man, I'm not feeling this, right? And he gets the final say because you know he is the creative director and he is the head of Lucasfilm or at least the creative director of Lucasfilm. That that stuff, dude, that I'm I'm so freaking stoked about. Not only that, just as a fan, man, because I, I love Star Wars and I love when I could look at my franchise where I look at like other franchises and I'm kind of happy that this hasn't necessarily happened too many times, where. People really just rely on the fact that people are fans of a certain thing and just kind of copy and paste the thing and just throw it out there. And it gets really, really tedious. I think of something like Terminator. I think of something like maybe Alien. Something along those lines, right? Something you just go, God, man, I really hope this is good. It's not that good, right? It's just kind of the same thing but with a much more complicated premise involved And it's like, that's really only happened once so far with Star Wars. I would say Episode Nine is most definitely the, um, the, hey, it's Star Wars, you're just going to come and like it. It doesn't really matter what it is, right? And I I hate that. I hate when people take advantage of of fandoms like that. That's really just a bad thing. And so now that it looks like we're going to start world building and we're going to do it very, very slowly, I think that's freaking amazing. That's the fact that we're not going to try and rush into anything. It's like, we're going to put out this stuff. If you like it, you'll like it. If not, ah, sorry, dude. You know, think of of like the Bad Batch, man. They're doing this thing with the Bad Batch where an episode only comes out once a week and it's like 16 episodes. And it's like, the Bad Batch isn't, you know, on a, a, mm, what's the word I'm thinking of here? it's not all on a level of like WandaVision or like Falcon and the Winter Soldier it's not you know it's not live action I think that kind of takes away from it a little bit Um, it it really is just kind of a show that you could absolutely just put out 16 episodes and just put it out there right but they're taking their time with it they're kind of building up this idea that the Bad Batch are are an interesting group of of clones and and maybe in the future we could start doing some stuff with them you know maybe maybe not right it's just it's there it's just the fact that there's an option there that I think is really really freaking good And so, yeah, man. Father Filoni, thank you. Thank you. You have blessed us with much more new Star Wars coming going. I cannot wait. Like I said, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Force Ghost. Amen. Anyways, guys, yes, that was my little two cents on Mr. Filoni. I cannot wait to see what he does. I cannot wait for more Star Wars I would have never thought in a million freaking years we would have got more Star Wars. like after episode three I've, I've said this a lot of times but I really thought after episode three there was just never gonna be anything Star Wars related right because George George was very adamant that he was like, look I told the story I wanted to tell you know maybe one day we might have a TV show and then as far as like a TV show was involved that's all it ever was for it was a rumor for many many years. It wasn't until they got bought out and and Force Awakens came out, and there was parts of me I was like, dude, pinch me right now! I cannot believe we're getting more Star Wars, and it's here now. And, and look, you know, regardless of how I feel about the sequels, I'm still very appreciative of the things that have come out, and have been there, just because at least I can be thankful that there's more stuff I can watch. Right? It's you've added to the library, you've added it to the inventory, and I'm forever grateful for that. Thank you, Lucas Thank you, Mr. Filoni. May the Force be with you.